Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our reading and meditation on the gospel of the day. I am Charles Kalazi. Today is Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, February the 14th, 2024. Also Valentine's Day. Most of us celebrated that yesterday along with Mardi Gras. And uh, today's reading is from the gospel according to St. Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on street corners, so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you may not appear to be fasting, except to your Father who is hidden, and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. So a general theme, happy Lent, everybody, by the way. A general theme in this reading is not to boast about your good deeds, not to put yourself out there and let everybody see, because as Jesus says, you will have received your reward. The question is, do we want praise from God or from human beings? We should not be boasting in ourselves, but as St. Paul tells us, boast of the cross. This is one of the purposes of Ash Wednesday. This dust that we receive on our foreheads is a reminder that we are made from dust, but it's also a boasting in the cross. When we think about that, think about it. I mean, the cross is considered a failure, especially for the Romans and the people of that time. It was a failure. It was seen as this person is a criminal. This person is going to die. This person is no longer worthy of my attention, no longer deserving of a place in society. This person's a criminal. This person is a disaster. And Jesus took that on himself, the worst possible punishment, the most humiliating thing in the whole world. So it doesn't make any sense except insofar as God Almighty did this. So as we put on those ashes on Ash Wednesday, There should be a pride, a pride not in, hey, look at me, I'm a Christian, I'm better than you, but no, a pride in that cross. God Almighty took the mark of the ultimate failure. God Almighty endured the ultimate failure so that you and I could, I want to say succeed, but it's so much more than success. It's receiving love. It's receiving salvation. You and I can be saved because of that cross. I don't know if you know this, but there is a a substance, I don't know how all this works. I, I used to study biology. I was pre-med at one point. But there's a uh, 
something in our cells, and I think it's called laminin, and it's the thing that holds the cells together. And when you look at, if we, well, let's call it laminin for the sake of argument, when you look at a cell, a basic unit of what laminin looks like at the most basic level, it's in the shape of a cross. In other words, every single cell in our bodies is marked by the cross of Jesus. This is who we are. In other words, we are loved. We are made from love, for love, by love, and our ultimate ending is love, if we so choose. And so, this is the meaning of the cross. Jesus loved us so much, he took it on himself. He took us on. He took our sins on. One thing I like to talk about as well when we do this reading, and it's very similar, goes hand in hand with the reading we're going to hear this Sunday, Jesus was tempted three times. We say there are three sources of temptation. We call them traditionally the world, the flesh, and the devil. In other words, things that come from outside of us, things that come from within us, and then there's the devil himself. And Jesus was tempted in these three ways. His flesh was tempted when the devil said, turn these stones into bread. He was starving. He was fasting. Jesus was tempted by the world when the devil said, I can give you all these kingdoms. You just have to worship me. And it was a purely demonic temptation when the devil said, why don't you just throw yourself off this cliff here? God says his angels will catch you. Once again, in that case and in the other case, it was a question of who are our allegiances to? Who is it that we worship? And Jesus affirms, worship God alone. He alone is your God. He alone shall you worship. So there's those three things, and Jesus is giving us in the gospel today three things to counter the three sources of temptation. We overcome the sins of the flesh through fasting, denying ourselves. We overcome the temptations that come from without, the material temptations, the temptations of the world, by giving of ourselves, giving up some worldly things. I mean, the fasting is the sacrifice part, but the almsgiving is a, it's a different type of sacrifice. It means giving to those in need, giving up some of our money, maybe giving up some of our time to help others. And then how do we overcome the temptations of the devil and align ourselves more completely with Almighty God? Well, we do that through prayer. Prayer is the thing that makes us latch on more and more and more to God so that the things of the world, the flesh, and the devil will not harm us. And it's funny, if you want to take those three remedies that Jesus gives us today and take them to the ultimate end we come up with the three, what we call the evangelical councils, which are also the three vows that a religious will take, poverty, chastity, and obedience. We could live a life of poverty. And a lot of us do that in different ways, some more than others. We could live a life of chastity. Once again, a lot of people are doing that in a lot of different ways. There's religious sisters and brothers and priests and monks and nuns and all them, but also What about the widows? What about people whose spouses are sick? I don't know. There's so many different ways. But yes, chastity is the vow. It's the evangelical counsel to overcome the flesh. And then there's obedience. 
Once again, obedience happens in a lot of different ways, but it's also a vow that religious take. I've sometimes said to parents, you know, you have, in a way, a certain vow of obedience to your children. Not that children get to call the shots, but when your kid's sick, there's there's nothing else for you. Obedience to your vocation says, I got to be there for the kid. When your kids are hungry, you have to put the extra hours in to make sure you feed them. Make sure there's food on the table. Make sure there's water coming through the pipes. Make sure there's heat coming through those pipes. <laughs> and all the different things that we need. So poverty, chastity, and obedience. Another place where we find these three things is in the parable of the seed and the sower. The seeds that fall on the rocky ground, the seeds that fall in the thorns, and the th- seeds that fall off the beaten path. When Jesus explains what the parable means, he says, uh, in some cases, it's our weakness. In some cases, it's the cares of the world. And in some cases, it's the devil that comes right in and takes those things that hopefully we thought were going to be fruitful. The devil takes our faith away because we give in to those temptations. So we have our work cut out for us. As I was talking about yesterday, we're beginning the season of Lent, and it's not just meant to be an endurance contest, a holy endurance contest. Oh, look at me. I'm going to say extra prayers. I'm going to rattle through them because it's my thing. It's what I do. I'm going to give up whatever thing I give up because look at me. Look at my great endurance that I have. And even if we have that mentality of look at me, Jesus says, you have already received your reward, but rather... Choose a plan for this Lent in our almsgiving, in our fasting, and in our prayer. Choose a plan, because we already know that Jesus loves us insanely. This all whole thing culminates with the cross, so we have proof of that. But choose a path, choose a plan that will end up having us fall more deeply in love with Jesus. Whatever that means, each one of us is unique. But this isn't meant to be a worldly endurance contest. This is meant to be something where, as I was talking about yesterday, all the different ideas, the people that do Exodus 90, for example, they say, okay, I'm going to spend less time watching TV and I'm going to give a little bit more of that time to reading a spiritual book, maybe a little bit more of that time to prayer, certainly more of that time to uh If we have kids or family, you know, spending time with those family members. This is what it's all about. So that our hearts become more and more loving. Loving of God and loving our neighbor. This is what Lent is all about. So when Easter comes, it's not like, oh, thank God that's over. I can just toss all that off my shoulders now and just go back to the worldly life I was living. But no, Hopefully, when we come to Easter, there is a true love that rejoices in the resurrection and says, you know what? I love my family more now. I love God more now. I'm more prayerful now. I've, I've grown in my ability to deny myself certain worldly things that maybe I didn't need anyway, maybe things that drag me down. So we ask the Lord that each of us will have a good Lent and that each of us will be truly sacrificial and truly uh, just once again, more and more deeply falling in love with Jesus so as to become more one with him, more like him, and ultimately closer to our goal on our journey towards heaven. 
Have a great day and a great Lent. God bless everybody and talk again tomorrow. Thank you.